You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. So I love that Andrew, Pastor Andrew, was very careful to use the medical term, eye boogers, yes. It's wonderful. Well, I'm Eddie Taylor, my wife Beth and I, right over here. Um, started a ministry a couple years ago. It's actually just a continuation of what we've been doing for over 30 years called the Taylor Ministry Group. And we travel around the world and we help churches get realigned to God's values. And we really help leaders find a place of health by living in and under God's values. And it's a great privilege for us. And as Mariana said, we, uh, Beth and I did a camp two weeks ago in North Carolina And uh, Jonathan and Mary had the students from here at a camp where they ministered in Dalton, Georgia. And then uh, we, they drove home on, you guys drove home on Friday. Beth and I drove home on on Sunday. Last week this time we were driving and uh, then um, repacked and uh, I left Monday at about noon. Uh, to be, be in Bradenton the rest of the week. Jonathan and Mary left at about midnight, right, or 11, uh, driving over to Bradenton. And then we were grateful to minister at really one of the premier youth camps in the Southeast, uh, Youth Explosion USA. And uh, it's just a phenomenal time ministering there these past several weeks. We have, as she said, we've seen lots of people set free from fear and depression, anxiety, darkness, and worry. And it's really a value that we carry. And we wanna, I want to equip you today with a tool to help destroy that darkness. I really do. And, um, and so I hope you take notes. I'm going to make it really easy for you. I'm going to put cookies on the low shelf and make it really easy for you to, to remember this and to take a few notes. But I want to set the scene first. Because of the events of the past 18 months or so, on top of the world we were already living in, fear, anxiety, worry, and darkness has covered the earth. You know that. Fear is the currency of control. And Satan wants to increase his control over the lives, the thoughts, and the relationships that people walk in. And so he uses his henchmen, the media and social media, to help him inflict control over people. And so we have to be people that we carry a different spirit. Amen? The scripture says that Joshua and Caleb carried a different spirit. And I want to teach you how, because sometimes in church, what we do is we declare things and we broadcast things, but if we're really honest, we need like a 12-year-old with us. We need Lily to go, Haha, I don't understand that. I hear your church words, but inside my head, it's like, wah, 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 wah. And so I really want to literally go as slow as I can. I, I am from Georgia, but however, when I get excited, I start talking fast. And so if I start talking fast, uh, go like this or something, you know, get me to slow down. The scripture does say that in the last days, gross darkness covers the earth and thick darkness the people. This is Isaiah's prophecy 700 years before Christ was born. Gross darkness covers the earth. But now listen to our, this is our job assignment. You ready? This is our job description. But arise, shine, for the Lord rises upon you and his glory, his weightiness, his presence, his majesty appears over you. Look what it says. Nations will come to that light, kings and brightness to your dome. Say my dome. You see, there is a corporate anointing. There is something that comes on us collectively as the big C church. 
But that only happens when the individual parts of the body flow together. Now, what would would happen to my right foot if I was to remove it from the greater body? It would be dead, and that would be gross. So don't be gross and get this today, okay? Don't be gross. If you're watching online, don't be gross. I want you to get this. So how do we then live in this? I really believe that God wants to release on you, in you, and through you today, and not just a mental concept, but a new practice for your life, the weapon of gratitude. The weapon of gratitude. Gratitude will, having an attitude of thanksgiving, living in gratitude will help you disperse darkness everywhere you go. It'll reset your mental attitude. It'll reset your spiritual life and will cause you to flow in the power of God everywhere you go. You ready? One more kind of set the scene. Second Timothy chapter three, listen to this. But mark this, <laughs> I'm not the sharpest knife in the block. But when I hear the apostle or Jesus or one of the prophets say, mark this, watch this, behold, I want to look at it. I want to see what he's saying, okay? So listen to this whole pericope. Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Okay, look, 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 look. Part of what makes people fearful is a fear of the unknown. He's warning us ahead of time. He warned us through the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. He now he's warned us through the Apostle Paul. There will be terrible times in the last days. Now watch, I'm not a doom and gloomer, okay? So hold on, this is gonna get good. But I gotta set the scene because this is where your coworkers are. This is where people are, uh, I'll go all South Georgia on you, in the Walmarts. <laughs> They're living in their minds in terrible days. They believe everything that's come down the pike. They believe everything that the networks are telling them. They believe everything the negative voices that are screaming loudest on social media are proclaiming. So they believe that they're terrible days. Now watch, now he's gonna show you what happens when you walk under a spirit of fear, when you live under dread, when you live under worry, panic, and anxiety. This is the job description, you ready? People will be first lovers of themselves. When you have an orphan mindset, when you're living motivated out of fear, your first thought isn't for your brothers, it's not for your sisters, it's not for the least of these, your first thought is to take care of you. And so I'm asking you today to let the Holy Spirit come and broaden your lens for you to think about someone other than yourself. A great American preacher said this a couple of years ago. He said... If God answered every prayer you prayed last year, would anyone in the galaxy be different other than your family? Wow. Wow. See, that's a self-centered, self-focused, self-motivated church. And that's not the bride of Christ. That's not who we are. That's not who I am. You see, we have a vision here to reach Central Florida, the entire state of Florida, the Southeast, America, and the nations, amen? If every single American becomes born again, spirit-filled Christ follower, Jesus will still not return because he's looking for a people from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. Amen. I recently heard someone say, if every American was born again, Jesus still wouldn't return because he's looking for a people from every tribe, kindred, nation, and tongue. Yeah. It's not enough for us four and no more. We've got to have a vision beyond ourselves. They will be lovers of money, boastful, 
proud, abusive. Look at these next three, because I want you to see these. I'm going to really dial in on these. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with these people. Now listen, listen. Before you ostracize your neighbors and your coworkers, I think we need to deal with the person wearing our own shoes. If my people, come on, come on, 2 Chronicles 7:14, who were called by my name will humble themselves, humble themselves, humble themselves, and pray. I, I just learned this today. It blew me away. Do you know the word humility comes from a Latin root of the word humus, humus, which means earth? See, when we live earthly, when we live grounded, when we live rightly understanding who we are, that we're just dirt, that God formed us from the dirt and then breathed the supernatural into us, it helps us rightly relate to him and to people around us. See, and when we don't then, again, we've elevated ourselves and we take on the role of the accuser and not the intercessor, then we're living more like Satan who says, I will ascend, I will make a name for myself rather than walking in the humility of the Lord Jesus who finds himself in every room, every space to be a blessing to everyone in that space. See, we're called to release what we've been given. We're called to invest it into the people around us. And he says here that those people would be what? I said, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. You know, there's a crisis in America. One of the crises in America right now are elderly adults that are being abandoned by their children. That their children aren't being responsive to them. Their children aren't understanding the mandate to walk in honor to them. But it comes from... A, a spirit of ingratitude that's being affected by selfishness. And so we want to be a people that we're learning how to release in the earth the heart and the life of Jesus. It's a weapon. I want you to see this, that gratitude, watch, watch, not only will push back darkness on the outside, but it'll push back darkness on the inside. That it'll help you live out of the finished work of the cross. We talk about that a lot around here at Acts 2, living out of what Jesus has done. Jesus has done it all. Jesus finished it. But if I don't come into agreement with it, if I don't partner with it, then I don't reap the benefits of it, and the world around me doesn't reap the benefits of it. Because I'm still living like these people that Paul describes. I'm still living like the people that Isaiah described, and I don't want to be there. It's because there is gratefulness for those who live out of a grateful heart. Here's our big idea today. You're going to hear me say this over and over again. The greater the gratitude, the larger the life. The greater the gratitude, the larger the life. And I want you to live a large life. I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to live out of the John 10, 10 superior reality. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have my life in that more abundantly. John put it this way, these things that I do, greater things will you do because I go to the Father. See, a heart of gratitude will release a larger life than you're living now. L listen to again the Apostle Paul, Colossians 2. Listen to what it says in Colossians 2, 5 through 7. For though I'm absent in the flesh, 
yet I'm with you in the Spirit, rejoicing to see you in your good order, in your steadfast of faith in Christ. Now, then he gives an, now watch, he gives an imperative. He gives an order to them. So as you've therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in your faith. For as you have been taught, now watch, watch, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. You know, if there's a character quality that should be marking us as the people of God, is that when we lead the room, people should say, you know what? You know what I like about Jay? Jay just overflows with thanksgiving. He just overflows with gratitude because the greater the life, the, great, the larger, the greater the gratitude, the larger the life. All right, real quickly today, you ready? You ready to take notes? Six traits or six thoughts that we should develop to live this lifestyle of gratitude. Now, I'm going to use just the acrostic thanks so it'll be easy for you to remember. So the first one, everybody say T. 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 It's the trail into God's presence. I want to develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving because it's the way to live constantly aware of God's presence. Now, we know this. We know that Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. However, you know this, that there are moments in your life where you're not cognizant of his presence, where you don't recognize that he's there. And let me tell you something. Listen, listen. If there's distance between you and God, the person that moved is not him, it's you. And so Thanksgiving moves you back into a recognition of his presence. David knew that, the sweet psalmist and king of Israel, right? Listen to what he says, Psalm 100, verse 4. You all know it. You all know it. Enter into his gates with, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I love how it's worded in the message paraphrase. Listen to what Eugene Peterson, how he turned this around. Listen to what it says. Enter in with the password. Thank you. Make yourself at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. Listen. Listen, if you are under a weight of confusion, can I give you the password to break confusion off your life? Can I help you sense his presence? Listen, the psalmist writes these things, the apostle writes these things, not in ideal circumstances. David writes most of the psalms when he's on the run, when he's a fugitive. Paul has written most of the New Testament when he's underneath either jail or house arrest, chained to a Roman soldier. Yet out of him comes these words. Out of David comes these words. Enter in with the password, thank you. Say that out loud. Let's see if it hurts. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to understand that I, I like that Peterson says password because of this. Gratitude isn't gratitude until it's spoken. In my relationship with Beth, when I don't tell her thank you, when I don't speak words of gratitude to her, it's my life is received from her as ingratitude. Come on, I want you to get this. If you sit down to a great meal, if you enjoy the beauty of your home, if you're grateful that your checks aren't over, you know, over, no one uses checks. If you're grateful you've got money when you swipe, <laughs> then we should be telling each other, thank you. Thank you. Th Everybody said, thank you. See, listen, releasing gratitude tr moves us into the presence of God. The psalmist says, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
I'm sure you've heard this here, but I want to just remind you that Revelation 21:25 says that the gates and that the city of the New Jerusalem has 12 gates, and the gates were 12 pearls, and each of the gates were made of a single pearl, and the streets of the city were pure gold as transparent as glass. Now let me ask you something. All right, let's have a science lesson. How are pearls formed? Yeah, by an irritant. So inside the oyster, which is slimy and gross. So listen, if you think your life has to be perfect to walk in gratitude, I'm going to tell you something. Pearls are formed in places where it's slimy and gross at the bottom of the sea, and there's an irritant involved. Now think about your irritant right now. I'm kidding. Don't. don't. You know, some of you think, well, it's my spouse. No, no, it's not your spouse. Your biggest irritant is you. Because all of us go through adverse situations. We have to learn how to deal with it. You know, heads up, buttercup. You know, life's not always easy. And somebody has to tell us as Americans, because we're so led by our emotions that we don't know how to put on our big boy pants and our big girl pants and win. Most of life is accomplished by people who don't want to be there doing stuff they don't like to do. I think about the hospital. You know what, when the orderlies come in and the nurses and it's like bedpan time? I apologize to our guests. We've talked about boogers and bedpans. <laughs> but listen, listen. He says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and through his gates with praise. Not thanking and praising God for it, but for him. And his presence marking us that we're now supernatural people, that we now have reserves on the inside to keep our heads up, our smiles on, to walk through difficult things. Life is difficult. In the last days, there will be treacherous times. See, but you can navigate them alone in ingratitude, or you can navigate them with thanksgiving and the presence and power of God of Jesus on your life. And see, I choose the latter, and I want you to do that. Now, listen, again, not thanking God for everything slimy, not thanking God for the irritants, not thanking God that you feel like you're at the bottom of the sea, but thanking God that he's with you in the midst of those things. And watch, watch, and that it came to pass, it didn't come to stay. Life is always about seasons. You've got to get that. Man, that's why Jesus said, John 16, 33, in this life, you'll have trouble. That's a promise. How many know that you don't buy a coffee cup with that on it? Come on, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? In this life you will have difficulties, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. See, the way we live in overcoming the world is by thanking him for who he is, for what he's done on the cross, and how now that supernatural, superior reality is living through us. This is the path word. This is the pathway. Do you see that? Thanksgiving is how we enter into this. It's not automatic. You can't continue to live the way you did before Jesus and expect to enjoy the superior reality. Something has to change. If no one can tell you're changed, then perhaps you're not living in the superior reality. Remember that song we used to sing when we were kids, If You're Happy and You Know It? I like to say it this way. If you're saved and you know it, tell your face. You would be surprised. Like yesterday, I had two or three different people because we, Beth and I went over and did a funeral. And then after the funeral, we met with some Christian leaders and then we drove back. And you know me, I have to stop like 20 times on the way back because I think it's a bonanza to stop at, you know, Bucky's yes. or QT or even Circle K. It's just amazing. 
And so, you know, smiling. But hey, Jack, where's Jack? Jack, Jack, listen, this is so cool. The, the girl that rang us up at, at Circle K in Metropolitan Ocala, Florida, her name was Kiki. And I said, Kiki. I said, Kiki, I love that name. And she started smiling real big. I guess she forgot it was on her name tag. She thought I was giving a word of knowledge or something. <laughs> and then I said, I said, I have a friend that has a restaurant named Kiki's. And she said, I used to work at IHOP. I thought, yeah, right. So, <laughs> but listen, one minister said this, if the only prayer you ever say your entire life is thank you, that would suffice. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Think about that. It's the password. See, not only do we need to develop this attitude of thanksgiving that keeps us recognizing, cognizant of God's presence, the pathway into his presence. But secondly, we need to understand that thanksgiving and gratitude honors life and relationships. See, one of the things we believe is we want to develop a culture of honor around here. I want you to live in, I want to live in a culture of honor. Yeah, I want to live as a person that honors up, honors down, honors all around. That I honor people that deserve honor, I honor people that are at my status in life, and I honor people that maybe aren't doing so great in life right now, because honor elevates. Yes. Let me tell you something, gratitude will cause you to flow in honor. See, is there anything worse in life than, than watching on YouTube or on television some uh, Athlete or movie star celebrity complaining about how tough their life is. <laughs> you know why? Because they don't understand that they, they are, aren't honoring God for the gifts they've been given and honoring their customers for watching them and us giving them the, check, the cabbage. Do you understand? And see, what happens when we walk in thanksgiving, that it releases the, God, the, the Lord of lords to rest on us, and it releases honor all around us. Listen to what David said in Psalm 103. This is so powerful. In, in the New Living Translation, you really get it. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. Let my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. You know what David's saying to his soulish man, to his natural man? He's saying, wait a minute, whoa, 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 cowboy, whoa, 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 pull back. You might not feel like it right now, but you can give a praise and a thanksgiving that's purer than what you'll give in heaven. Because in heaven, there are no problems. In heaven, there's no situations. In heaven, every tear will be wiped away. Every sorrow will be reduced. And so here on earth, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of pain, in the midst of yuck, we can go ahead and release some honor to God and some honor to the people around us by thanking him and thanking them for what we're walking through. Amen? Man, it releases honor. A dishonorable people need to hear words of gratitude coming out from us. Not just to them, but they need to hear it from us to other people. How grateful that we are. How grateful that we know that God is working in the earth. Colossians 3.15, listen to this. Also, let Christ's peace control you. For God has called you into this peace by bringing you into one body. Be thankful. Be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. I want you to get this, get this, get this. You know that most churches get the kind of, get the kind of pastor and leadership that they pray for? An ungrateful church, an ungrateful membership, an ungrateful body will have bad leadership. Well, I'm just going to go find me a better church with better leaders. Please, by all means, if you find a perfect church, don't join because you'll mess it up. 
see, because dishonorable attitude is like a cancer and a virus that spreads. But in the same way, but better, honor spreads. Now, I'll be honest with you. When, when moments of my life when I am the worst, when I'm hard to be around, when I don't bring joy to Beth or my children or to the people that I'm ministering to, is when I've forgotten to be grateful for who I am, for what God's done for me in Christ Jesus, for God bringing people in my life. You know, one of the things when you do youth and children's camps, um, especially if the supernatural begins to flow through you, the little guys think you're like a rock star. But the problem is, is they want to talk to you like all the time. Like you're in line to the cafeteria. You know, you're in line to brush your teeth or whatever. You're in line for the bathroom. Like, Pastor Eddie, <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> and honestly, I'll just be honest with you, I'm a terrible person without Jesus. There were times where I thought, if I hear my name one more time, I'm going to just jump off this building. <laughs> you know? But, I, but now, you know what I say now? I say, this is what I say things like this now. I go, thank you. I go, I'm so grateful. I can't believe someone would drive across the street to listen to me talk. Do you see how that shifts your perspective? And also, I was talking to Beth on the, on the way home. I called her as I was driving home, and I said, I, said, I feel an incredible weight of, of um, the holiness of God to be found trustworthy with the gospel when I minister to these children, have a trustworthy life because they're all watching me. And it's a huge honor to carry the gospel. Listen, my friends, you're the only Bible that your coworkers will ever read. You might be the only Jesus they'll ever see. So let gratitude flow out of your mouth. <laughs> listen, listen. Don't be deceived, Galatians 6, 7. Whatsoever, everybody say whatever. Whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. If you're yeah, 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 about your supervisor all the time, you're not releasing gratitude, you're releasing cancer. And the other thing is, is that, listen, you're not working for them, you're as working as unto the Lord. God's not going to promote you if he can't trust you because you're not walking in honor. Come on, come on. You've got to give honor to receive honor. If all you're doing is releasing bitterness and ingratitude, that's what you're going to reap. Come on, we're Floridians, you know this. You're not going to plant a grapefruit tree and reap a lemon. But we think that we can do anything we want with our mouths that it's covered by the blood. Listen, it is eternally, but it's not temporally. You're still going to go to heaven. You're just going to leave a bunch of bad fruit down here. And see, miss the moment to infect and affect a generation with the power of God. And I won't hire for you. I want you to live out of this weapon of gratitude. Gratitude is the pathway to God's presence. It, it, it releases honor. It honors God, and it's a key to enjoying people. But the third thing, you ready? I'm going to go a little faster now. The third thing is this, is always appropriate. How many know we Americans are mouthy people? You know what we do? This, maybe not you. <laughs> but I've already testified about Circle K, so you know I talk. <laughs> And sometimes when I don't know what to say, I say the wrong thing. Can I tell you this? If you don't know what to say, first and foremost, don't say anything. <laughs> but sometimes we don't learn that lesson. If you don't know what to say, words of gratitude are always appropriate to say. Listen to this verse. This is craziness. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 
5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those who believe in Christ Jesus. You see, what happens when I release words of thanksgiving, I eliminate confusion. I'm abounding in thanksgiving in every circumstance. When I give thanks, what I do is I make what I have enough. Listen to what Jesus said. This is crazy. How many believe in this guy, Jesus, right? Mark chapter 8. Look what it says. Mark, Mark 8, 6. So Jesus told all the people to sit down. Now, this is where he multiplies bread. And then he took the seven loaves. He thanked God for them. He broke them into pieces. Then he gave them to the disciples and distributed the bread to the crowd. Gratitude opens the doors to miracles because it turns your eyes from what you have to what he has. You see, as long as I'm living the lower life, the lesser reality, I'm just reporting facts. But how many know that by faith we speak truth, not facts? Because truth is a person. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so what happens when I declare truth, it's appropriate to give thanks. Jesus was always thankful. Jesus released thanksgiving because he understood the greater the gratitude, the larger the life. Just imagine that. The disciples come and say, Lord, let's, there's a multitude here. It's time to eat. They haven't eaten in days. And Jesus says, you go get them some food. And they're like, we don't have enough. It's too far away. Even if we had enough time, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough manpower. See, they were living here, and Jesus has called them here. And he says, go find what you can. And our boy Andy, or Andrew, who's a lovely lamb, and, Andrew <laughs> brings him the loaves, and Jesus doesn't just go, you know, hmm. He just, Father, I thank you. He really enters into his part of the Passover ritual. Blessed art thou, O Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Blessed are the fruit of the ground, the bread that you produce. And poof, it multiplies. What if the key to your multiplication isn't praying a better prayer, but giving better gratitude, giving better thanksgiving. Number four, you ready? So it's a pathway to his presence. It's, it honors relationships in God. It's always appropriate. Number four, fourth thing, you ready? It nullifies worry and anxiety. Nullifies it, ends it. Null, worry, anxiety, negativity. If there was ever anyone that could be negative, it was Paul. If there was ever anyone that could be negative, it was Jesus. Jesus would go around places and they would say, uh, who's your daddy? Because <laughs> they knew the rumors. They did. They knew the rumors that his mom was going around telling people, you know, that there was no dad. Jesus and Paul don't, don't argue back. They gratitude back. What would happen if in the midst of conflict you would find something to be grateful for rather than trying to just be Right? See, the goal is not to be right, it's to be reconciled. Come on, y'all. In your marriage, how many of you have been neck deep in an argument you can't even remember what you were arguing about? That never happens to us because we don't argue. But I've heard. <laughs> what if instead you were to find something to be grateful about him about, grateful to her? Listen to what Paul says, Philippians 4, 6, in, in God's Word translation. It says, never worry about anything. Everybody say, never worry. Never worry. I've heard Andrew say this over and over again, Pastor Andrew, and I, I want you to hear this now. 
is that you cannot call something that's not a biblical virtue a biblical virtue and expect to have victory over it. There's a lot of Christians that they, they don't say worry because they know they shouldn't worry. So they say, I'm just really concerned. <laughs> it's worry. Worry is a manifestation of a spirit of fear. That's why Jesus said, don't worry. Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. Paul picks it up here, Philippians 4. Let me read it to you in the New King James. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, and with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. See, in my own life, anytime I feel that old negative attitude bubbling up again, anytime some of you in this room, you're uh, you're perfectionist, and you walk in the room, the first thing you see is everything that's wrong. Listen, it takes no faith or creativity or thankfulness to recognize what's wrong. It takes thankfulness, creativity. To, to enter into the joy of the Lord, into his presence, and then help find solutions. I have to take stock of my thankfulness towards my relationship with God, my relationship with Beth, my relationship with my boys, with coworkers, because I find when I shift from being critical to thankful, it'll neutralize that negativity, and it will actually open me up to God ideas. But when I live down here, just saying what I can see, all I do is multiply negativity. And I I want God to end that in my life. I want him to end it in your life. Because I understand this. Come on, you know it. The greater the gratitude, the larger the life. The larger the life. What if you were to, at your company, in your home, at your church, in your small group, what if you were to carry solutions and not just tell everybody what's wrong? How many of you want to hang out with that person that tells you everything's wrong? I don't. Fifth thing, it also kills discouragement. Now, this is so very important today. It's so very important because people are discouraged because people have illusions about their life. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm just disillusioned? I'm disillusioned with my job. I'm disillusioned with my marriage. I'm disillusioned with church. Honestly, in all joy, you can look at them and say, You are set up for a breakthrough. Because you should have never been believing in an illusion anyway. Illusions aren't real. Mm -hmm. What if my parents would have told me growing up, Eddie, you're going to be the next Wilt Chamberlain. You're going to be, see, young people, he was a basketball star (laughs) before Michael and before LeBron. For kids that grew up in the 70s, 60s and 70s, he was the man. So what? What if they told me that? See, here's the problem. There's a lot of parents that are telling their children the wrong thing, and it's disillusioning them. Don't tell them they can do anything they put their mind to. That's a lie. And you'll bring the fruit of a lie in their life. But instead, tell them you can do anything God calls you to. Because in the middle of the Word of God, there's a miracle on your life. Yeah. Yeah. And see, thankfulness unlocks that. It kills discouragement. Listen to what Proverbs 13, 12 says. It says, hope deferred makes a heart sick, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life. You see, if you're believing God for the right things, then when delays come, come come on, y'all know delays come, right? But you've got to believe that the delay is not a denial. Sometimes delays come because God's developing character in you so you can carry the blessing when it comes. And so the way to live out of that is to be thankful in the middle of the process. Yeah, yeah, right? We've got to call it an upgrade. 
That's what James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, right? James chapter 1, count it all when you endure diverse tribulations, knowing that the working of your faith produces patience, and patience, when it has its complete work, perfects you, increases you, sets you up for blessing and increase, you know? One of the reasons why we do the confessions over the offerings here is because we want to train our mouths to be thankful in advance. Anyone can be thankful after the fact, but see, we're learning to walk by faith to be thankful in advance. And what it does is it defeats discouragement. See, remaining in an attitude of gratitude kills discouragement and produces hope. Someone once said this, praise God even when you don't understand what he's doing. Right? Bill Johnson says you can have the peace that passes understanding or you can have understanding, but you can't have both. Especially on the front end. How I many know that hindsight's twenty twenty? It's easy to have understanding after the fact. It's difficult in the midst of situations, in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of delays, to still walk in the power of God. That's what Paul says. Listen to what he says to his young protege, Timothy. Timothy 1. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work, and he's considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. You know what Thanksgiving helps you do in the midst of discouragement? It helps you to reframe the circumstances of your life from God's view. Do any of you play around um, with your pictures on your phone or your pictures, you know, on your iPad or whatever, and you crop them? Have you ever cropped an ex-girlfriend out of a picture? Uh, Not me. Um, I heard. Listen, when 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 you crop... Or reframe your life through Thanksgiving. What you do is you can, it helps you to put the, the, the negativity, the disappointments in its right place. Listen, American, American, listen to me. Stop being led by your emotions. Tell your emotions to get out of the driver's seat and get back in the back seat. What happens is we hear all the time, every pastor, every leader I talk to, someone comes up to them and they say, I just don't feel. Listen, listen, don't live by feel, live by think. (laughs) Live by hear, live by obey, amen? See, living out of gratitude will kill unnatural, unholy, ungodly emotions and put them where they need to be. Beth says it this way. She says, your emotions deserve a voice, but not the choice. In other words, we don't don't lock them in the trunk. (laughs) Because how many of you know Cinderella will come out of the trunk and cause problems for everybody <laughs> at inopportune moments? Have you ever been in a discussion with somebody that escalates this big all of a sudden and you think, I don't think that was meant for me. I think you have an issue with your dad <laughs> or someone else in their past. Are we right? Yes. See, but gratitude, gratitude will kill, displace that discouragement, that depression. I'm telling you, we have made it a core value. It's almost like a bragging right. You know, like people, young people, especially when I'm doing these camps, they're walking around saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm on this, and I'm doing this, and I've done this, and, and I'm just so depressed. Everything's so terrible. And I want to say, I just don't get that in the gospel. Every time Jesus walks into a room, the attitude shifts. See, and we want to be people that we shift the reality of rooms when we walk into them by the superior reality. Yeah, hope deferred does make a heart disappointed, discouraged. But when you're walking in victory, eating the tree of life, how blessed is the man who does what? (laughs) Abides in his word, meditates on it day and night. He is like a 
tree planted by the river waters. This is an allusion back to the Garden of Eden, the place where heaven and earth meets. The place where heaven and earth meets is enthroned, rest over your thanksgiving and your praise. And that will defeat discouragement, darkness, depression, anxiety, fear. But it will never happen as long as we're just running like our mouths are just lining up and spewing out how you feel. Jesus cares how you feel, but that's why he's invited us into the high place of his presence in praise so that we can see what he's doing and let that transform our feelings into our faith confession. Come on, come on. Paul and Silas are in the Philippian jail. Come on. Their backs are bleeding. They're chained in stocks. They're in the lower jail, which is probably like the sewage tank of that house. They're surrounded by prisoners all around them, and at midnight, when hope is gone, when it's the darkest, Paul says, you know what? I think I'm going to release a little praise, Silas. Now, how many of you would have liked to have been Silas, chained to Paul? Man, how many knows? you ever have a fight with your spouse because they're being positive and you just want to be negative and old grumpy butt? Okay, so now we've said eye boogers, bedpan, and grumpy butt. <laughs> Listen, this is one of the problems in public school because if you excel in public school, people around you tell you to sit down and be quiet because you're breaking the curve for everybody. Hey, listen, break the curve at work by being positive when everyone else is being negative, by being thankful, releasing gratitude instead of lining up to complain. Complaining is not an Olympic sport. I checked in Tokyo. It's not happening. (laughs) So some of you need to give back your gold medals. Hallelujah. All right. So watch, 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 watch. So we want to be people that we're releasing Thanksgiving. Bella says, I'm out. <laughs> She's had it. Don't you love it? When she, I'm so grateful and thankful when she leads worship. I told Beth, I said, I said, it's almost like a Disney princess is leading worship. It's just phenomenal. I just love it. Uh, all right, <laughs> number six, last one. Last one, you ready? It's a substitute for evil speech. You see, like, we Americans, we don't really, we're always curious, like, have you ever had a Christian leader say something to you, then they go, I'm sorry, maybe that was gossip, I'm not sure. Well, the Hebrew uses one word to describe all that, it's elishon, it's evil speech. What would happen if we substituted Thanksgiving for evil speech? Because again, we're wordy people. Proverbs 10, 19 says, too much talk leads to sin. Father, forgive me. <laughs> Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. See, but when you must speak, let our words be seasoned with thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, 4 in the message says this, though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, Christians have better use for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Thanksgiving is our dialect. I know I, I flow in really poor grammar, South Georgia, but my best dialect is Thanksgiving. It elevates me. It elevates the people around me. It helps me press in. Listen, do you, do you want to become elevated at your work? Change your dialect from the way you've been talking to the language of Thanksgiving. If you want your marriage to go to the next level, Introduce thanksgiving and gratitude into the way you talk to each other. It will change everything. Change everything. Because the greater the gratitude, the larger the life. 
And I want you to live the large life. Well, let's, let's uh, review. Ready? It's the T. It's the pathway to God's presence. H, it's honors God and people. A, it's always appropriate. N, it nullifies negativity and worry. K, it kills discouragement. And S, Thanksgiving's the substitute for evil speech. Let's live this life. Let me give you a couple discipleship practices and we'll pray. You ready? Discipleship practice number one, there should be on the magic screen. Daily list multiple things that you're thankful for. When you have your time with the Lord, start your time with the Lord. Why enter into his courts? Start your, the first thing I do is I write five things every day that I'm thankful for. And of course, the first two are locked. So I really only write three. The first one is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that I have a relationship with the God of the universe. The second thing is I put his Beth in my children. So that really, I only have to then think about three things that I'm not, you know, that I'm thankful for. And you can do that. You know, the other day, one of the things I listed was the interstate system. Because I told Beth, my great uncle was a traveling evangelist in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I said, he didn't have a cell phone, he didn't have the intranet, he couldn't do Zoom, and he had to drive on terrible roads most of the time. He would go weeks without speaking to his family. If I want to talk to Jonathan or Marianne and I want to see them and they're not at work, I just open up my phone and FaceTime them. I'm like, yo, what's up? (laughs) See, I'm thankful for that. You can be thankful for little things. How many of you know that we need to be thankful for salt and pepper? How many of you know if March and April of 2020 taught us anything, we should be thankful for? Toilet paper. <laughs> and I don't mean that cheap John Wayne toilet paper. I'm, I mean Charmin. Come on, y'all. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about the good stuff. If you don't know what John Wayne toilet paper is, I'll tell you after service. <laughs> number two, number two, and this is probably the best practice to sum up the whole message today. Thank before you speak. Yeah. That's not a misspelling. Think Thanksgiving before you speak. Think. Think about what you're going to say. Is it season of grace? Is it going to elevate or pull down? Is it going to tell people what you... See, it, it causes us to step out of ourselves to look at a person, look at a situation, and tell them what we're thankful for. Man, I'm thankful, Elizabeth, when you leave worship. I love it. You have a... I know you're pretty new at this gig, but you have an anointing. I'm thankful. Jack, I'm thankful when I see you in the foyer. You're always smiling. Man, look, I can't remember your name, sis, but but, man, you're on, always. She's always on when she's here. Just, yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm thankful when, Crystal, when I see you up here on the keyboard and when I see you in the back. The Fergusons just bring joy, amen? Yeah, man. I'm thankful that Kevin makes a monster brew over in the cafe. <clears throat> I'm thankful for a pastor that follows the impulse of the Holy Spirit, aren't you? Yes. See? Aren't you thankful? I'm thankful for Jay being so faithful to be an armor bearer, not only to exercise his own gifts, but to yield his gifts to serve this house and serve our pastor. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Roe, who raised her hand and said, I'll do it. You know, she probably didn't wake up that morning with a divine glow thinking, you know what I want to do? Children. <laughs> On Sunday. Because a lot of us, be honest, we're glad because we get a couple hours off on Sunday morning when I speak more than a couple hours. <laughs> and I want you to be thankful that it's over now. I mean, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. That's good. Well, I love you so much.
And I want you to just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. The pathway to enjoying your life is by being thankful. So we just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray that every spirit of grumpy pants would go in Jesus' name. And Lord, that we would choose the superior reality to live the Christian virtue of thanksgiving. God, we thank you that here in America we get to do it in November for one day, that our Canadian neighbors do it in October. But God, that we don't want to just do it one day a year. We really want to learn to live moment by moment, day by day, in the higher reality of thanksgiving. We want to thank before we speak. God help us. Lord, I, I am the, like Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. I am the chief of sinners by opening my mouth and letting words fly out. Would you put a governor on my brain? Would you help me to slow down and speak words that are thankful, words that build and words that don't pull down? Would you help us as a people unleash Thanksgiving on Central Florida and wherever we go? I thank you for Seth and his family. God, we bless them in their journeys. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this house. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, we pray the prayer that Jesus prayed when we say, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. The way we see the kingdom come around us and your will being done around us is by releasing thanksgiving. God, as we have an attitude and an atmosphere of thanksgiving around us, then help us to hear you, Holy Spirit, to unleash your love and the technology of your love, which are the superior gifts of the Holy Spirit to heal, set free, give words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discern spirits, God, and to live in the beauty of your holiness. I thank you for it. I bless everyone here today. I pray for safe travels as they go home and that the joy of the Lord, come on, the joy of the Lord would be their strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor, you got anything? All right. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.